You're listening to Talk Hard, presented by Walk Softly Films, where we talk about movies and some other stuff. Brought to you by three indie filmmakers. I'm your host, Alan Martin. With me, as always, from Frankfort, Kentucky, Scott Stafford. Big soccer news today. Big soccer news. In soccer news, Jonathan G- And Tachi. <laughs> Exotic zoo update. <laughs> it's already going off the rails in the intros. Scott, besides soccer, why don't you tell everybody what we're going to talk about today? Uh, we're going to talk about stale Oreos. The people have spoken. They, they've told us yeah. what they want and what they prefer. Uh, Golden Globes were last night. Uh, we'll get into that. And we're gonna we're gonna go back to the Star Wars, Will, because Alan saw the last the Last Jedi, and I rewatched Rogue One and Force Awakens, so I feel better equipped to give my opinion of uh, the most recent Star Wars movies. So let's get let's into it. it. Let's go. Let's do this. They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make the big star out of me. We'll make the film about a man that's sad and lonely And all I gotta do is act naturally All right, everybody, it feels weird doing a podcast where we didn't have to wait two months. Feels like I just talked to you guys like yesterday. Yeah, we we might only have like one hour of stuff to talk about this time. (laughs) I doubt it. (laughs) We can stretch anything out for three hours. Um Let's let's get right into it. Uh, I think the people want to know what the results are and the very controversial take you had last week on Oreos. Do yeah. they prefer fresh? Do they prefer stale? I think you've got the results. So, uh, yeah, let's hear them. Object- we, yeah, we threw it out to our 20,000-plus Twitter followers, and, of course, my assertion was that stale... Oreos that have gone soft are better than fresh, crunchy Oreos. Todd, did you try this out, by the way? I didn't try it out this time, but I've I've tried I've I've had it happen before. I've had stale Oreos that you've had stale on accident. Right? Yeah. Well, you know, back before they had that, you know, that uh, the, yeah, the sealed pop. package. Yeah. All right. I mean, I had I had one that was left open on the side, and <laughs> yes, it uh, it created quite the. Uh, quite the little stale factor but mm. i liked it and did you did you do it alan i did not no okay all right we don't eat a lot of oreos and you know we had a lot of <laughs> yeah well i'll tell you we get we had there were uh, in a short poll there were 20 votes not bad not bad i think that's i think that's scientifically proven um yeah, that's a that's a big enough uh, case study i think now i gave three options and one was yes old soft oreos are better yeah. Uh, no, and then a third option that was, "What is wrong with you?" And if you, <laughs> okay, it, what is wrong with you was twenty percent. So if you put the two of them together, it's exactly fifty-fifty. Ah. Oh, that, that's interesting. Exactly fifty-fifty. Half the people said yes, soft Oreos are better than new crunchy Oreos, and half said no. So uh, the the, the the America is split down the middle. As Man. with most issues right now. <laughs> this may be the most polarizing <laughs> topic in all of America right now. If we were looking for something to bring everybody back together, Oreos isn't isn't the answer. We're not, we're not going to do it with soft versus <laughs> Oreos. Yeah. Well, you tried. 
I tried. And yeah. I, I was a little bit surprised that uh, uh, half the people were with me, really. But, yeah, you know, it was, a, it was interesting to, to find out. Well, there's a movement. There is now. Everybody yeah. knows. People, uh, people like me can come out of the closet finally in regards to there, Oreos. Blessing sneezes, and there's a movement to eat stale Oreos. And they've all, <laughs> they both started right here. Let me just let me throw one thing in, and and that is, if you're in a house and you can't find anything to eat, and you see some Oreos and they're over there, and you know they're not, you know, you know they weren't purchased today. You know they're probably a little old. Mm. I don't think you need to feel bad about not having anything to eat in the house. I think you just go right over there and have a couple, gobble them up. Yeah. Don't gobble them though. Bitey does it. open up doors. Well, you're welcome, everybody. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. And to the twenty right, percent that said, what what did they say? What are you crazy? Yeah, they said, What is wrong with you? <clears throat> of course they did. Yeah, it's just an adamant no, but those guys are jerks. Yeah. <laughs> those four people are jerks. <laughs> That's right. It was just four. <laughs> I hope you four aren't from uh Bangladesh. Huge minority. All right, uh, let's go into the Golden Globes. This uh, I don't know where this will go, where this will take us, um, but could be interesting. Did either one of you all watch it? I will say, by the way, that uh, the Golden Globes episode uh, from last year is by far our most downloaded episode, so wow. get ready, everybody, if you want some more of that business. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I actually watched it. Did you, did you all watch it this year, any of it? I watched a lot more than I had intended to. Yeah. I didn't watch any of that crap. <laughs> I don't, I'll be honest. I don't think Seth Myers is very funny. So, I, well, I had that in my notes too. I was going to ask you all if you all thought Seth Myers was funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll vote. I'll, I'll go no on that one as well. Yeah. That's he, a big no for me. He's serviceable as a host, I guess, but you know, it, if you like yeah. smarmy smiles, He's yeah. that's probably what you're looking yeah. for. You know who else is serviceable as a host? Danny O'Day could have done that. All right. I watched uh, some uh, like a few highlights of it. Um, just a, a few of the speeches and some of that stuff. Oprah's speech I watched a little bit of today um, just to get ready for the podcast. But I didn't I didn't tune in live and it was 100 percent on purpose because when uh, Seth Meyers came out and said that guaranteed that the Golden Globes would be politically charged. I <laughs> said, I, there's no way I'm watching. Yeah, that was a good way to get some people to turn their TVs off. Yeah. Not sure like what he was thinking of that. Polarizing 50%, if not more. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, I think the ratings just came out, and it's like the lowest in seven years. Big shock. <laughs> that was the dumbest tweet ever. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't care which side of the aisle yeah. you're on. You got to be sick of it. Yeah, exactly. Like even people that are that lean that way aren't watching the Golden Globes to get political junk thrown in their face. I don't think. Yeah, and let me say, you know, separate political from the message of you know anti-sexual harassment. That's that's fine by me. If everybody wants to get up there and say their piece on sexual harassment, and that was the time to do it. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I, I, I separate that from politics, which is, I don't get why he said, oh, it's going to be so politically charged. But uh, 
Yeah, it seemed like most of everything was was aimed at uh, at the harassment last night, and I'm I'm fine with that. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I get sexual harassment too. You know, if if you gotta take cracks at at somebody, then Kevin Spacey's as good as anybody. Yeah, yeah, and Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead and do that. Um, what should we talk? I don't know which one to talk about first, the political stuff or the, uh, the, the winners and losers or whatever. So let's go with the fun stuff first. Should we? Yeah, I think so. The commercials winners winners and losers (laughs) or the commercials, if you want to, of the golden globes. Um, I don't even know what big little lies is. Do you all know what that is? It won a lot. I barely knew it was a show before last night and that, that those girls were in it, that Reese was in it and whoever else. Um, Nicole Kidman won. Yeah, Nicole uh, Kidman. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Laura Dern. It's it's the year of Laura Dern, by the way. No All of a sudden. I mean, it's like hadn't seen her since Roadhouse and now she's back. Yeah, with a vengeance. <laughs> Laura Dern. <coughs> and, uh, I mean... Not only are you you you're in Star Wars out of nowhere, you're winning awards on this show, and and you're dating Baron Davis. I mean, holy crap! I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I just saw that like last week. It's like that's weird. Dang. Like that's pretty. And not not getting triple double Baron Davis. We're talking. <laughs> he got fat three years ago, Baron Davis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he he might not be dunking anymore, but uh, you know she she's still pulling in. Now. He's got to be at least ten years younger than her, I would think. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to them. I thought he, I think he's like uh, runs a futon store. <laughs> well, sure. good. Um, they're good futons, though. What's it, what's the name of the business, Todd? Uh, it's um <clears throat> the Red Baron <laughs> futon store. How <laughs> good. You, you asked me really fast. I was I, if you'd given me probably two or three more seconds, I probably would have had a really snappy repartee. <laughs> Better uh, than I would have would have had. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt about it. Uh, let's see some other big winners. Um, what about Franco winning for the disaster artist? Yeah, enjoy that one because you know you won the the comedy award that you're not going to get anywhere else. So he's he's right. he's done for this award season, but uh, he yep. should enjoy that. It was a that was a weird one because it was kind of nice that he was so nice to his brother. Uh, he's a little skeezy, but he was really nice to his brother and really nice to Seth, and that was nice. I I couldn't decide how I felt about when Tommy came up on stage with them and then wanted to steal some microphone time and Franco blocked him out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, man, like I, I kind of feel bad for this dude, but i kind of feel good for him. And I don't know. I don't know how to take all this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's weird. I have conflicted feelings about we so too, like uh-huh. whether to be happy for him, whether to have pity on him. I mean, I you, mean, the dude has more money than, I'll ever have. So I get <laughs> yeah. you feel too sorry for him. Right. But you get up there and you you do part of your acceptance speech in the voice of the guy that's standing there right there beside you on the stage and <laughs> and then and then when you go back behind the curtain, they yeah. make they make him bail out at the last second. Like he's not allowed to go back there. Yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> but you know, <clears throat> he's I don't know, like if it's me. 
there's a lot of this that I would be pretty happy about. Like, I mean, the the recognition that that this is brought to it, and 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 it, that movie will last forever, you know, because yeah. of all this stuff. And and there's a lot of movies that you could say are quote unquote better, and they won't. You know, people aren't going to watch them for you know 15 years like they already have with this one. And and I think I feel like he should be happy about it. No, no matter how it happened, like I, I think I would be even if it was people recognize it because it's like this is so bad. But I mean, the dude cared and he put his heart and soul into it. And, you know, and that's why they got what it is, even though it was, you know, maybe not for the reasons he intended. But the fact that he did very sincerely put his heart and soul into it. That's why, yeah. you know, it is what it is. And it is a treasure. I mean, it, and and it's having a resurgence now because of that that uh, the disaster artist. So he's like he's probably not sold this many copies of the room since it came out. Yeah, that's true. And I I'm looking forward to seeing the disaster artist. But Danville, of course, won't ever get it. So <laughs> we'd have to travel to see it or wait for it to come out. Um, two things happened on Twitter that were kind of like as a result of Franco winning that. Um, it's when I saw Hugh Jackman's face uh, after he got beat by Franco, who played Weso, uh, for singing his butt off in The Greatest Showman. Um, so if you haven't seen Hugh Jackman's face uh, when when it's announced that J- James Franco won, please look that up because it's pretty hilarious. And also, man, Twitter kind of blew up with a lot of women saying, uh, nice me too, Pin." Where where was that when you were trying to get me to do whatever in the car, come back to the hotel room with you when I was sixteen? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, he he, he uh, yeah, there was a lot of reaction for him. Like several several women on Twitter were were going after him. Yeah, I, he he barely missed the full brunt of uh, that wrath because uh, last year he had a he had a. Uh, the story come out about that he, he was hitting on a 17-year-old uh, pretty heavily. And uh, <laughs> uh, if if it had been, if it had happened post-Weinstein, I think that that story would have had more legs and he, he might have been thrown into that group and, and more, might it sounds like there might have been, you know, some more people to pile on, Franco. I think there were a lot, yeah. There were there were three or four accounts on Twitter that were going going kind of crazy. Got, got, a, got caught a little fire um, on there. Um, let's see. Uh, I was I was very happy that three billboards did so well as far as the performance mm-hmm. uh, categories went because Rockwell was awesome and um, uh, McDermott was was great in it. Um, so I was happy that have you either one of you all seen that yet? Because um, it it's it's really really good and I think you all are going to like it. Except for I think you all are going to agree with me that the the end was lazy. Yeah, it's one of a uh, a bunch that I want to see out of this season and and all these movies that are out there right now. And yeah, I love Sam Rockwell and I love Francis McDormand, so I uh, really happy for both of them. Yeah, you have you seen it, Todd? I have not seen it. Um I guess it's one of those that hasn't been hasn't been here yet, so Yeah, I went to that to see it. I probably won't see it until home release. Yeah. Um, like that our boy, uh, Guillermo del Toro got a little love for the shape of water. I haven't seen that yet either, but, um, I think we're all three pretty big fans of his. So it was nice <clears> to <throat> get something. 
Yeah, he's still dead to me over Hellboy Three, but uh, so. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh goodness! Wow! Uh, and Lady Bird won a lot of stuff. Um, and I watched that um last weekend, and really, really, really liked it. Uh, either one of you all seen it? Not yet. Also in the list of stuff that I'm looking forward to watching. And yeah, I would really highly recommend it. Um, what, how do you pronounce her first name? Ronan. Sersha. Sersha Ronan. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. I thought it was Sayori's. <laughs> that might be it. Sayorsa. Sayorsi. Sayorsi. Yeah, she was. She was. She was very captivating on screen. I had. All, I don't know if I've seen her in anything before, um, but she was Grand absolutely Budapest, great. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh yeah, was she in that? What, what did she do in that? It's been forever was, since she, I've seen it. Was she the girl that he was what? sweet on, the baker girl? Yeah, get it, oh, sweet on. Yeah. And she the baker? Yeah. Get it? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's right. That, I, I said it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she was so good in it and, like, really hard to keep your eyes off of. Like, she just, I mean, she really did own all the screen time she was in. Um, and, like, she's, for me, she's weirdly attractive. Like, there are people that, there, there, there are women who have, like, perfect features. And for some reason, they're not attractive. Like, they should be, but they're not. Um, I don't know any wrestling fans out there like Carmella from the WWE for whatever reason should be very, very attractive. And to me, she's not at all. Um, This, I I feel like Ronan is exactly the opposite. Like, I don't know what it is about her, but something about her is very attractive. Todd, step up and weigh in on this topic. What do you think, Todd? (laughs) Beautiful women. Go, Todd. Sayorsi is... um... Well, she's just got one of those, just one of those faces. You just want to, <laughs> you just want to yes. freeze that face and not yeah. ever let it age. Just let yeah. it, just let it stay right there. All right. I, I think the thing that I loved about Lady Bird is that uh, script was solid, and it. Um, I, I love how they they took things that Hollywood typically uh, glorifies, like you know, sex, alcohol, impulsive behavior, um, selling out for popularity or for fame or whatever. And it shows the movie showed how those things like awful things will happen as a result of you doing those things. It never glorifies any of that. It really shows like this girl does like goes through different stages of going through all those things. And, um, it shows that like there are real consequences to, to her, bad decisions um and i really did think that that was a breath of fresh air uh coming out of hollywood and i love that it's getting so much popularity because of that what what's the plot about this i mean i really don't know anything about this movie um she is she play ronan plays a girl it's her high school year and there was a very violent um a very violent fight i guess at uh the school she was at the public school she was going to so her poor family is doing all they can to get her to go to private school. Um, and she's very artsy and she is trying every way in the world behind her mom's back. She lived, they live in uh, Southern Hollywood, California or North Hollywood in California. 
Um, and behind her mom's back, she's trying to get into an art school in New York all the way across the country. Um, while she's, while her family is completely like going in debt to try to get her into a private school to keep her safe. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, her mom has a lot of resentment towards her. It's, it's just a little slice of life. Hey, sounds, sounds like my house. <laughs> <laughs> I or mean, something. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> wow. Yeah. My goodness. We're fine now. <laughs> We're okay. <laughs> all right. Um anything else that you all what what of the of the the nominees for best picture in the Golden Globes, what what are you all what do you all want to see the most of the ones that you haven't seen? I feel like I've been doing a good job catching up lately, but man, there's a lot of stuff. So Ladybird. Yeah, I, I Tanya. Yeah, Get Out, uh, The Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, mm-hmm. and now after last night, I, it probably pushed me over the edge on The Shape of Water. Yeah, you got any? I mean, pitch Perfect Three, right? Oh well, I mean I've seen that one three times. So okay, <laughs> what, yeah, uh, I should have known. Did I miss what, any Todd that you were wanting what, to see? What have you seen four times? Uh, pitch Pitch Perfect. Pitch perfect. I love oh. the, love those pitches. Yeah, twice with me, he's seen it, and yeah, wow, you all get around. Sorry, you know sorry, man. Yeah, I was probably here that whole night both <laughs> times, <Well. laughs> or three times, or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, I think uh, for me, Shape of Water, I'd really want to see. I, I'm one of the. I'm a. I'm a big Del Toro fan, uh, mm-hmm. but I've also. I've seen some of, I've been underwhelmed by a few of his. Um, I was underwhelmed by Pacific Rim in a big way. I mean, I had an idea what it's about. You know, you, you, I mean, it's about robots and monsters, right? Big robots that fight big monsters. So what, what more can it really give you than big robots, big monsters, big battle? Yeah, that was pretty much it. Yep. And then that's all it was. Yep. So I'm with you on that. I had no love for it whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, Man, but I I'm, wanted to. I wanted to. But I, Grim Island, aren't I? Uh, but uh, <laughs> full disclosure, I hate giant anything movies. I've never been into giant anything movies. There's whatever Godzilla, King Kong. It doesn't matter for whatever reason. Just doesn't do it for me. Huh? No movie <laughs> with a oversized anything. <laughs> what about Boogie Nights? <laughs> Cha-ching. Oh. Set you up, uh, man, set you up, man. What a softball there! Uh, See, this is I'm making up for the Baron. Can, can <laughs> In we... fact, can I can I say another one that um, that the the store I would say that the food okay, all right would be hi, I'm Baron. Mm. Okay, <laughs> all right, you're, you're working on it. You're getting there, I think. Uh, can we talk yeah. about Kurt Douglas on the Golden Globes? Uh, yeah. I didn't see any of this, so go ahead. I'm obsessed by, as you all know, and I don't know, most people would probably call it morbid. Uh, I have an obsession with aging, and to me, aging is super weird, so I obsess about it a little bit. And nowhere is it any weirder than the world of film, uh, because mm-hmm. you you see these people for decades, and and they're frozen in time, you know, and spe- mm-hmm. especially the, in the classics. 
and and you can you know people that are dead and gone you can see you know Cary Grant and when he was a very young man and you can see him when he's you know old and gray and everywhere in between um and Kurt Douglas last night uh so strange because you know they're playing clips of this guy and that you've that we've all seen Spartacus and he's you know in peak prime age physical condition and then you know they wheel him out to to give him some respect and and it, <laughs> this is awful but i mean it looks like the man melted like he look he looks <laughs> like he's 100 years he's literally 100 years old and he looks like he melted and it's like it's so like i don't know like getting old is weird man it's so weird like and you you can see this guy for for until the end of time as as spartacus and then there he is and he looks like a pile of goo. Um, <laughs> so I hope that Kurt I'm Douglas, muting my microphone right now. I hope that Kurt yeah. Douglas uh, fan club listens to this. <laughs> and I don't mean to be, I'm not trying to be mean about it, but it's just, it's so weird That's to me. It's so, it's just weird to me. Call an old man a legend, a pile of goo is pretty mean. I don't know how you turn it. <laughs> but we all turn into a pile of goo, apparently, if you live that long. If you get yeah, to but not a... all podcasts call people. <laughs> <laughs> this one does. This That's one right. does, baby. Nobody's safe. <laughs> Man. I, still, I still think you're better than Seth Meyers, Scott. But <laughs> it, it just always trips me out. Uh, anytime yeah. you see stuff like that, and and you know you have a really long career for somebody, and. You know, you, you see it across the board and it's, you know, we're, we're getting into weird territory with Brendan Fraser, who we're going to talk about in a minute, but yeah, anyway, it, anything else on the golden globes? I mean, we can dive into the political stuff. We can skip it. What do y'all think? What's, what's your, go with your biggest topic that you just got to get off your chest. Oh, geez, man. I, I, there's so many. I have so I have like a page of notes on this on this crap from the stuff <laughs> I watched and read today. Um, I guess the the overall tone of virtue signaling was just so over the top. And I heard somebody just say today, and I and I love this. So I'm totally stealing it. But I heard somebody just say today that Hollywood spending the night condemning sexual misconduct. Uh, is like NFL executives spending the night condemning concussions. Yeah. Uh, because they have farmed this system for the beginning of the industry. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's like everybody's just screaming how virtuous they are about all of this stuff. Um, and, and, and crossing their fingers that their list, their name doesn't show up next. Right. It's insane. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm about. Can I crap on Oprah? I'm about to crap on Oprah. <laughs> wow. Well, we. I said Kurt Douglas looked like he melted. So I mean, yeah. you might as well take a, a <laughs> shot at the most beloved woman in America. Take a big Harpo dump there. Man, this whole thing with her being first of all the whole thing with her being president. Mm. Like, so all the folks that are mad because a self-made billionaire TV star with no political experience and no policy want Oprah yeah. to be the president? If you had to vote today, 
let's say it's 2020 and and she does and it comes down to oprah and trump and you got to cast a vote one way or the other Wh- which way is it going to be man <laughs> i don't know oprah's nuts yeah well i mean so i i'm going i'm going oprah if I've got, I feel like she's at least like I don't know. I don't know how nuts she is, and I feel like uh, she's at least compassionate and intelligent. And I'll take my sh- I'll take my chance, I guess, at at this point than than our boy. But I'm with you. Like, please proceed with. I'm lockstep with you in that. Can we please stop trying to make celebrities president? Yeah, that's more my point than anything. Absolutely. Yeah, um, it, it, that's not go. That doesn't just go for Oprah. That goes for The Rock or anybody else that doesn't have any experience doing any of this stuff. Mm. Like, we got to learn a lesson here at some point. Um, also, I found it funny that at uh, a point last night, Oprah knew was trending. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The, uh, the, everybody that's worried about the, that that might actually happen. Uh, immediately starts the campaign you know yeah exactly. start up the yeah. the war engines and take yeah. her down uh, her her praise in her speech of the hollywood foreign press um so if if the hollywood foreign press is so good and they're so virtuous and they're so righteous then where have they been for the past 30 years since they've been a thing with all this sexual misconduct going on why haven't they reported on any of that in 30 years? That's their job. Their job is to report on the news of Hollywood. So none of them knew. None of them got a tip. None of them did a little digging. But she praised them. I can't remember the exact quote, but just, man, she was she was slurping some HFP last night. Um, And also she used a phrase that I cannot stand when she was talking about how your truth is powerful. Your truth. What is that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Your truth. Uh, yeah. There's truth, and then there's your opinion. Uh huh. That's it. There's no your truth. Yeah. And I thought it was very ironic that during your truth, she they they uh, cut to Meryl Streep during that <laughs> part. Who uh, gave Woody Allen and uh, Roman Polanski standing ovations. <laughs> and called Harvey Weinstein a god. And called... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no, not a god. Just god, I think. Yeah. So, anyway. Also, Seth, Seth Myers is not funny, and he used jokes that were used last year at the Golden Globes. Same exact jokes. He used them again. Wow. Uh, one specifically was used twice where he said... Uh, three words that our president is scared of Hollywood foreign and press that yeah. was used twice last year. I remember that's right. Yeah. Um, so Seth Myers, not only is he not funny, but he also steals people's material <laughs> or and, is so lazy that he doesn't even bother to check out the jokes from last year. <laughs> and is too cheap to get a DVR. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do a little searching. One more take, uh, that I hated about the golden globes. <laughs> Connie Britton wore a shirt that said, poverty is sexist 
and it was later revealed that shirt cost three hundred and eighty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Who was this? Uh, the Connie Britton from Friday Night Lights and Nashville. Yep. Nashville. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so there you go. There's my, there's my Golden Globe takes. You can send your hate mail to uh, wsf.scott at gmail.com. <laughs> Poverty is sexist. Uh, yeah, pretty sure it's not. Pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> that I think yeah. I, I can unequivocally say that it's not. Yeah, well, you tell that to Connie Britton's $400 shirt. Uh, you, should we talk about... Marvel and Fox. Yes, you have. We I, we've been keeping keeping that. Uh, we've been keeping our listeners updated on that. Let's not stop that train. All so, right, look, I'll I'll roll through this quick. But uh, we talked about on here the fact that Disney had bought Fox, so Marvel was going to get all their properties back, basically, uh, mm-hmm. except for the stuff Sony owns. But all the X Men, all the Fantastic Four, lots of stuff that uh, will be great. Um, Lots of news this week about uh, stories coming out that it's business as usual for the Fox gang, and I'm not really loving it, Uh, but apparently we're still 18 months away from the purchase being done and dusted. Uh, I guess that mostly has to do with the government giving approval and, and everything being finalized, and now you, okay, yes, you actually own it and you're in charge of all this stuff. Um, you know, it's been agreed to on both sides. And so as far as that goes, it's finalized, but to, to actually be in effect, uh, we're looking at about 18 months apparently. Uh, so, um, Lauren, Lauren Schuler Donner, who's, whose wife, Todd? Richard Donner's wife. That's right. Uh, she is, um, the guiding force of, of the X-Men universe uh, uh, in film and, and always has been. Um, she doesn't know what's going to happen. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt here. Some of the, the, the headlines were a little bit more inflammatory than this and, and try to make it sound, uh, get me people like me angered because <laughs> it was like she can't wait to, to work with Marvel or something like that, uh, which is, you know, no, I want all of you people to be gone see you later you know never have anything to do with marvel movies ever again uh (laughs) but she but her actual quotes boiled down to she doesn't know what's going to happen but if she got uh if she's involved and she would she would love and is looking forward to working with bob Iger, and kevin feige was her intern started as her intern and and then and worked his way up and they did uh that third X-Men together. And, uh, and so she, of course she would, you know, love to work with him and that would be great. Um, you know, my input on it is no, see you later. Hopefully that never happens. You're done. Yeah. You're done. Um, Drew Goddard's X-Force movie. Who's, who's Drew Goddard? Uh, Todd. Drew it, is the, he's written a few, He's a screenwriter, right? And he's maybe is he branched out into directing? Isn't that right? Is it, I think he's the one. Isn't he the one that did? He was he the showrunner for uh, um, Daredevil on Netflix, and then he did some movie. Uh, anyway, he's in charge of the X Force film, uh, which would have Deadpool and other people in it, and it's uh, like a mutant. Uh, 
covert ops team, basically. And so he has said this week also that he's moving forward without any change in plan. Um, Obviously, Deadpool comes out in June, and this X-Men Phoenix movie comes out in November, so those are too far gone for any changes or stops. Uh, And my least favorite news of all this bunch that that made me want to scream was uh, Noah Hawley, who is in charge of the Legion TV show. Have either of you watched that? No, I have not. Yeah, people say it's good, but I've never seen it. Um, good and weird. Uh, if you like weird stuff, I guess. And is he? He's moving ahead with his Doctor Doom movie. Please, Lord, no. Oh man, <laughs> please. For, he can't get that done in eighteen months. For the love of all that's holy, please stop this. Um, so he's saying it's business as usual on his that he's got no instructions either way uh, as soon as he's done writing his last script for the season second season of legion that that's what he's starting on in uh the writing the dr doom movie and he hasn't been told to he hasn't been told to pump the brakes on it or no 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 stop or take a pause or anything like that but he hasn't been told to like speed it up we got to make this happen before they get control either so you know, I think I guess all the the upper management is just you know, like I've said two or three times, business as usual, and and keep on working what you're working on because we don't know what's going to happen. I guess, and and I guess that's the the operating uh, strategy here is I guess you know in case it doesn't go through and we don't know what they'll want to do with it, so everybody just keep working on what you're working on. But man, if I was Disney, I'd I'd be doing whatever I could. Like, hey. <laughs> We'd really like yeah. you to stop that, but anyway. So that's what's going on in the the Marvel Fox uh, news. Let me ask you this: if um, if if Donald Trump were to fast track this merger, <laughs> yeah, put it, put it on the on the on the executive uh, table and sign it, and specifically said, "I'm doing this <laughs> to make sure that Doctor never gets made," <laughs> would it sway him over Oprah in 2020? <laughs> I I think I think the ship has sailed for me and Don. Um, I'd, I'd I'd give him a big thumbs up for that, and 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 I'd feel good about his his legacy. For me, his legacy would be sealed as he wasn't so bad, but yeah. he's still a one termer. Yeah, <laughs> the best one termer ever yeah, that's because right. he stopped being Rick. <laughs> um. Well, speaking of Marvel, do we want to go into some Star Wars? Let's do this. All right, I got before lots we take of a break and get into Force Watch, let's let's break down some Star Wars. Because um, we've all seen it now. I, I've only seen it once. Have you all seen it more than once? Still only seen Last Jedi one time. Okay. I've seen it twice. Okay. So how, like in the, should we rank like our Star Wars, our favorite Star Wars movies? Like, Yeah, I, we, I can re-rank now. I, I have to re-rank because... Eight. Okay. Like I said, when, uh, last it, the last time we talked about this, uh, I put Last Jedi ahead of Rogue One and The Force Awakens, and I've watched both of those since then, so I, I have to re-rank. Okay. Um, I I completely flipped on them. I okay. ca- I came out of watching both of those and thinking. No, both of these are, and I was really surprised by the Force Awakens. I thought there was a chance of that for the Rogue for Rogue One, like maybe I, you know, because kind of like 
Iron Man 3 to me. Uh, the first time I watched it, I was expecting something different. Second time I watched them, I knew what, what was going on and, and was able to just kind of watch it and enjoy it for what it is. And uh, Rogue One especially, I think, will will last the test of time. Um, and it, it will be watchable in the future. And it's very well done. And it's it's clean as a whistle on the script. You know, there's no plot holes. I mean, it is it is fantastically made and, and fits and everything fits and makes sense about, you know, how they insert Darth Vader and what he's doing in the timeline of, you know, everything is so well done. And I love the way it's edited and shot and yada, 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 yada. Uh, so I can't tell you how relieved and happy I am. (laughs) I am, I am, I'm changing my ways, uh, and getting back on, on the, on the good side of that. Um, so, and force awakens, uh, I came away from it. I had negative feelings about it because I was, put out by the fact that it was just kind of reconstruction of a new hope. And I still have a problem with that a little bit, but it's well done. There aren't any plot holes. It creates new characters that are interesting. It's fun. It matches the tone of the movies we knew before it. Uh, It matches the tone, the themes, the rules, like everything kind of fits. It feels like a Star Wars movie. And uh Last Jedi does not. And I and over the course of watching those and thinking about it more and now I'm like totally PO'd at the at uh the Last Jedi. <laughs> so we can talk about that later, but that so that's that's my re-ranking is I think uh I'll go Empire number 1 and then all the way up to number 2, I guess I'm going to go Rogue One. Uh, a new hope at three, and then I think I'm Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. I think I can. They're right there together, and far behind. I'll go Last Jedi. What about you, Todd? Um, I really, really like Last Jedi, and I like the fact that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. No discount coupons for you at Hi, I'm Baron. Um, and here's here here's a little bit why. Um, to me, um, for some of the same reasons that Scott said, Force Awakens is it's basically they use the New Hope cl- uh, template, and they basically they played it safe. Yeah. Um, and he's good at playing it safe. Mm-hmm. I think. JJ is and but he's also good at delivering a feeling that you had many years ago because mm-hmm. he was our, he's the same age as you know basically the same age as I am uh, so he knows how to strike that nerve that you know how how you felt when you saw the first you know the first trilogy when you were a kid um, and so despite some plot points uh, that I didn't like. I liked the fact that I was super, very much surprised um, three, at least three times in the movie mm-hmm. that I did not, I didn't expect to have that. I mean, not on the level of Darth Vader's your father, but uh, the fact that there were, there were at least three moments, uh, definitely two that I just did not didn't see coming and was really, you know, okay, really wait, hot. hold on. Let's 
you did you said this last time and let's go ahead and, and spoiler warning right now if you haven't seen it todd's about to tell the moments that he was surprised by so <laughs> Uh, yeah. either and then we're probably going to spoil the heck out of it from here until we finish yeah, talking about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. So if you haven't seen it, go. this is your, your point to stop and either watch it and come back to the episode, and you're going to want to do that. Uh, so, Todd, tell well, us the moments that, that uh, blow your mind. Well, obviously, Leia getting blown up and out into space. Yeah, I hated it. Very, very early on. I, I, I was completely shocked. Now, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. Oh, I'm with you on that. Okay, so yeah. uh, totally with you. And don't you, I have to ask you right there, don't you feel like everything was going really well on, on her death, I guess? Like it was, it was a nice way to go and, well, and, and and surprising. Like wouldn't you have liked her to stay out there and like let her go there? Um, part part of me says, I mean, I was tr- I was getting used to the fact that yeah. she wasn't around anymore for the however many minutes it was until she comes back. Um, But honestly, I just, you know, that character uh, needs a more noble end, in my opinion. Um, I mean, if you don't, if you didn't go that route, I mean, if this was Quentin Tarantino's Star Wars, everybody would be, you know, you know, have, have one of the brain pan. Um, But this, this one just, you know, I don't know. I, because, I feel like she deserves that um, that better ending, mm, uh, but which we're obviously not going to see. Yeah, exactly. She's not going to get the uh, better ending. Right, right. But how do you, you know, what do you do? I mean, to me, I, I, just having her blown up out in the space, that just, that was a little abrupt. Yeah. And like I said, very shocking. Yeah. But I think because it's, it's that, it's the main character. She's been mm. there since the beginning, and I think you have to give her that send off. Well, the, why why start there? I mean, you're axing off all the characters that we love left and right without really any ceremony. Like, why does she should she get anything better? Like, you know, it's just you're 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 tanking one after the other, and I don't really think giving them great endings. So, but right. uh, well, and, I, and that's where I have the, that's my main problem with this movie. Uh, is that now you've got, um, you know, you've got a, a ninth, uh, yeah, the ninth movie that comes out and, um, you know, you might have Luke on an ethereal plane. All right, hold on. I'm not done talking about Leia. I got, I got to, I got to talk, man. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, to me, I'm just, uh, so while we're on the subject of her floating through space and, and her death, like, I feel like that would have been pr- a pretty good way to go. And it, when it had some weight and, and, uh, Kylo almost pulls the trigger on her, but doesn't. And then they, and she can feel that. And, uh, then the other, you know, the other ships blow her up anyway. And she shoots out and like, and, and he can have an emotional response to that. And to me, that was a, it was a, it was a good way to go. And it had some weight. And then all of a sudden, when she, you you go from that to what I thought would have been a pretty good scene to one of the more dorky scenes I've ever seen in a Star Wars movie. It was it was close to the old man on the the scooter in the in the prequels. Oh, oh my! <laughs> um, it was close to that. What was his What was his name? Uh, Dooku. Yeah, Dooku on his little scooter oh. going down that sand hill. Oh, look it up, people. Yeah. Uh, Wasn't that in uh, the Clone Wars? I think. Yeah, yeah, and and so when she reaches out her hand and she she floats through 
space, the float for the force float or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I thought it, it transitioned that scene into man. I don't know about all this. And then she gets back in and, and goes into a coma and stays in a, like, what's the point of any of this? Like you, she's in a coma for the rest of the movie anyway. So anyway, sorry. Yeah. Okay. I'm done. Well, okay. that was another blow me away move, uh, moments, Todd. Well, that one obviously um, the uh, the moment with uh, with Kylo where he uh, skewers the uh, Emperor or um, Snoke. Snoke. <laughs> um, I mean, I had a feeling something was going to mm-hmm. happen, but I, you know, I didn't. You know, that coupled with the fact that okay. That happens. They battle, kill the mm-hmm. Red Guards, and now he's coming back. He's 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 obviously on her side. No, he's not. And I I like the fact that we went from that to they're battling together, but he's still got he's clouded. He even clouded Snoke's vision. Yeah. Uh, with how evil he is. And that uh, and and I'm kind of with you on that too, because on that whole scene. If I the positive feelings that I had about that movie all stem from that throne room scene. Yep. And that was a fa- I'm right with you on that. It was a fantastic ten minutes, whatever it was. Uh loved every second of it. And mainly because it was the culmination of Ray's and Kylo's interaction, their relationship. And to me that's if there's anything that works about that movie, it's those two. And and, mm-hmm. and Adam Driver and he's he's so good, but the that was easily the best stuff of that movie was them going back and forth and their visions of each other throughout the movie and and their relationship and kind of what he did. Uh, Ryan Johnson I think hit it on the head with that. Like there's really like that relationship and that conflict and all that was really good and that and the and the culmination of it in that scene was was spot on and I love that scene. Um, I mean, yeah, that 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 to me you. <coughs> When the whole time it's going on, if you're a true fan and you're really invested in these the, the movie and this series, you've got this butterfly, serious butterfly situation going on in your stomach. That whole time she's in, in the room and they're all locked in there together. And what's going to happen? And you're just freaking out. You're really nervous about it. If you're, if you're invested in the characters like you should be, which I was, um, you got to wonder if that scene with how it transpired was one of the reasons this movie got moved from um, coming out in May of this year or last year to coming out in December of last year. Cause remember it was supposed to come out in May. They're going to, it was going to be a year and a half and then they retooled some things. Uh, and so you have to wonder, is that part of it? You know, did they, you know, did they kill off Snoke because everybody, maybe somebody had figured out who he was? Or, you know, it seemed like there's got to be more to Snoke than just <laughs> yeah. Boba Fett. You would think right. so, and that's that's one of the main things. I'm, uh, like, P.O., getting P.O.'d at this movie over, and Ryan Johnson. And I, I kind of think there wasn't more to it. Like, he just, you know, and I'll talk about it later, but <laughs> I'm, I'm mad at him. Yeah. Um but but one of the one of the main problems I have, and of course there at the end with Luke, uh, is exactly the reason that okay we've it's a, okay we've got three classic cast members coming back, and it's all you know it's like a Friday the Thirteenth movie, 
uh, at the end of the you know the the end of the Friday the Thirteenth movie, the final girl survives, and then the next and then the sequel comes out, and the final girl's at the beginning of the movie, and she gets killed in five to ten minutes of the movie, and it happened I don't know how many times in that in that series or in uh, movies like that. You know, they they go through this huge uh, battle to be where they are, and then you kill them off. Yeah. You know, in the next five minutes. Yeah, and in so, a lot and, of and in a lot of ways, just like you said with those movies, it always makes it feel like, well, you know, though that 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 last movie was for nothing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah right. Um, so, so, you know, that's, that's the problem I have is like, okay, well, we've got three of these, this new trilogy and you know what, we're going to kill off, uh, Han Solo in the first one, and then we're going to kill off Luke in the second one. And then Leia will be around for the third one, but we'll have her go into the great beyond at the end of the third one. Of course, they didn't foresee what happened that happened, but I, I do have a problem with that. I have a problem with feeling like you have to cut ties with characters to move the stories forward. Uh, and that's, you know, if, I mean, you're obviously brought them back, you brought them back for seven, eight, nine, or what, however, whatever they end up being in there. Um, and it's, you know, it ends up being, you know, it's a money thing to bring the, you know, the people, more people to see the movies because they want to see Luke and they want to see Han, they want to see Leia. Uh, but now it's like, okay, what does the, what is the ninth movie? What's it going to be? It's, it's obviously J.J., uh, they're probably retooling the script again. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are they doing now? You know, what do they have to do to end this thing on an uptick? Um, right. All that- jumping way, um, because like, I, I wouldn't mind going through some of the issues I had with the movie and then figuring out what they, where they go from here when we do that. But could you, can you rank your, uh, Star Wars movies, Todd? Uh, I'm, I'm going to have, um, Empire and then New Hope, and I, I'm I guess I'm I'll pro- I may do this a little differently because I mean I love I really like Rogue One a lot, but I I'm, I guess I'm thinking in terms of episodes one through eight now, and not really including Rogue One in that. I guess I don't know. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean Empire um, will never be surpassed. I don't think it can be. Um, and then I'm going to go with New Hope, uh, because without New Hope, there is no Empire, there is no Star Wars. Um, and then I'm probably that's this is where I'm 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 like okay, I'm at I'm with either Last Jedi and Force Awakens in that third spot, mm-hmm. and then the other one obviously being in the fourth spot with Return of the Jedi of so far in that uh, in that last spot and you know return of the jedi would wouldn't be where it is if if we didn't have you know the build a bears <laughs> i love yeah. and i love how the prequels aren't even a consideration nobody even mentions the fact that like that they exist let alone get in the ranking yeah well they're they're close in mine okay um cuz i I'd, I'd go empire then rogue one then new hope uh Return of the Jedi, then Force Awakens, and then Wow. Last are are pretty. I would have to watch them again, yeah, which I would never do <laughs> uh, to see where I would put them in there. But they're they're in that level for me. Last Jedi is in that level for me of how 
disappointed and ticked off I am at the whole mess. So your level of ire is what mine has grown to over the past couple of weeks, it sounds like. Yes. Yes, and it has been – when I left the theater, it was like, that was decent, and the more yeah, I thought yeah. about it. That's the, it, it happened faster gosh, for you, but, yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. It is it is bubbling over right now, and I and at least I really liked Darth Maul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, like I might actually put Episode One over Episode Eight at it, this point, all just because, because of the uh, really the the duel Darth of the Maul. fates. Like, exactly. got a kick butt John Williams song, and that last fight scene is the balls. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that may put it up there for me. Um, I, I just I, we can go through it real quick, I guess, if you want some of the problems that we had. Can I start, um, can I start it out with this? Uh, on the Force Awakens, I feel like JJ did what JJ does. Yeah, and he asked a bunch of interesting <laughs> questions. You know, I, not not blow your mind interesting questions, but like he asked questions about you know that that. And he probably didn't even have the answers to them because that's the way he works also yeah, right, yeah. Uh, on Lost and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, he leaves these mysteries out there. Who who are Ray's parents uh, and who is Snoke? Like, you th- those got to be the biggest two, right? And where, and why? And Luke. Yeah. What's yeah. his deal? What Luke- was he up to? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then let the next guy come up with answers and hopefully they'll be good. And yeah. And to, yeah. to and to me, so then you get Ryan Johnson, and I feel like Ryan Johnson basically basically said, "Nope, screw yeah. all, screw it, screw your movie." <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not playing with any of that. Like, just it's it's you know it's out the window. So I feel like you know, in a nutshell, that's kind of those how those two movies work. And by the yep, way, that's it from the beginning, <laughs> right from from the opening scroll. Yes, it starts with the, the scroll. Yeah, like they destroyed the Star Killer, and it had zero effect. <laughs> right. In fact, on the first s- somehow it apparently must have worked in their favor beca- yeah. because you you destroyed this world, this planet sized base that was you know twenty times the size of a of a Death yeah. Star, and they come when the movie starts, they're in complete control and have routed the resistance. <laughs> And and we're not talking about like this is forty years later yeah. and they've rebuilt them. It's immediately after, like the next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that had zero effect on their abilities to completely be in control of everything and have full army and have all these people running from them. Yeah, that's infuriating. And to me, that's cheating. Uh, you know, yeah. it's it, it's intellectually dishonest. It's cheating as a writer, and it, to it absolutely infuriating from the jump to me like yeah. as soon as i started to put these things together and realize what what he'd done and if and i wouldn't be surprised if, if jj does the exact same thing if he wants to and like you know because and kind of like screw you like and like resets and because when 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 this movie stops when the last jedi stops the resistance is down to literally a few people that can fit in the millennium falcon which mm-hmm. i want to talk about that too and how that yeah. happened, but yeah, uh, you know, is it? Are we going to get a scroll that says the resistance has fully grown back into you know uh, full size and, and like and they're back to what they were? Like, I, what's going on? Well, look at it this way though: what's the difference between what happened at the end of Force Awakens and what happened at the end of New Hope? 
you destroy yeah. this planet killer, um, and everybody thinks, okay, well, you've destroyed the Death Star, so you've destroyed, you know, the Empire. No, you haven't. The Death Star is a weapon. The Empire is vast. It goes. It's it's on. It's on every edge of the galaxy. Same way in. Uh, same way at the end of Return of the Jedi, they have a bigger, mm. badder Death Star. Well, guess what? They destroyed the Death Star, and yeah, the Emperor's gone, and Vader's gone. But you still got all these, you know, all these people that yeah. are committed to the Empire, and they're they're not going to just give up. They just need a new leader, and of course, there were other leaders in the wings. But the thing is, Todd, I feel like the rebellion is still strong enough in Empire when it starts, even though they're like hiding, but. To me, what makes all the difference in Empire is that the second Death Star is under construction. And just that visual makes all the difference to me, because to me, they're putting the pieces back together. And to me, that meant everything. Like, okay, they're not all the way there yet. Like, it, it took a toll. They're having to rebuild. You know, you didn't destroy them because you destroyed one base. And it just, it felt different to me. Like the first order to me, like it was not a fully formed empire anyway, when they, when the whole thing started. And, and so when you blow up the Starkiller, like I was Starkiller base, I, I don't know. I just feel like it, they, we should see, at least see some signs of rebuilding or something, but instead you get that scroll and like it, nope, it's, they, they're in full control. Yeah. Oh, you're talking, yeah, it was like talking about the end of Force Awakens going in yeah okay mm -hmm. well i mean but you know and here this is the first star wars movie that has basically picked up at the right end after yeah of the, of the previous it, installment i mean everything has been yeah that's part of it too later, yeah years later exactly that's part of it too like you, you it's more believable that the empire is you know kind of had time to rebuild to where they are uh, you know for empire strikes back before this one, which is a direct follow-up, and, and none of it mattered. There's some... I, I, I guess the things I liked about Last Jedi is that it didn't feel exactly like all the other Star Wars movies. It had a different feel to it, and I'm not saying that's always mm. a great thing, but I did like that he was trying to go in, mm. in new directions. And if you remember what J.J. Um, Abrams said... Um, right when they started production on episode uh, episode eight, yeah, episode eight, is that he said, um, "Man, I wish I could mm -hmm. do the story that Ryan Johnson's doing. The story's uh -huh. incredible. I wish I could do the eighth movie." Yeah, yeah, I think he was lying. <laughs> I don't believe. It. <laughs> I, I mean, I've got internal conflict on that, uh, Todd, because I'm with you. Like, I, I do like the fact that he. Like I can't argue with him for trying to switch things up and make them different, but I feel like it's just missteps on the things that he did, and and some so many of them feel like a slap in the face to everything that came before. And I don't want to be upset about that and be just not like it because I'm an old fogey and I like it the way it was. Like I want to appreciate that somebody's willing to take a chance and and you know kind of establish something all new, but that's not the hand you were dealt. Like, yeah, to me, if you wanted to do that, then, you know, don't have Luke and Leia and Han Solo in it to begin with. Like, to me, you know, kill them off screen or we don't know where they are and make it a mystery. And and I don't like having them in these movies if we're going to do what we've done with them. 
Yeah, you 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 killed uh, Abrams killed me in the in Force Awakens with the Han Solo stuff, mm. making him a deadbeat dad, and then get, having him just being killed mercilessly on the bridge for really no reason whatsoever, other than okay, well I guess Kylo really is bad. Yeah, and and, um, and try to give it some emotional weight that yeah did he you know he's helping him in some way yeah. yeah yeah and in this one like you built up snoke to be like he was able for for two years by the yeah. way you, yeah. you you teased this and you dangled this in front of audiences for two years Snoke able to bring ben solo to the dark side mm-hmm. and he can, he can we've already seen how skilled ray is with the force he can sling her around like a rag doll mm-hmm. um, he makes he, he terrifies luke to the point of going into hiding but then Kylo can take him out just like that with a with a lightsaber that he's not even holding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who is Snoke? Who is Snoke? Who is Snoke? Don't know who he is. Don't, don't know why he's there. Don't know how he got yeah. control. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The question is, who is Snoke? And then it's, don't know. Some evil yeah. dude. He was pretty evil. And, uh, and strong, I guess, but yeah. not really. <laughs> and we're going to change him from some super dark, menacing mystery into... Yeah. Uh, like a farming accident, Hugh Hefner in a gold robe. Yeah. Like, like what did you do with him? Like, what do you I never expected to hear that? Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, like visually, <laughs> why did you put him in some shiny golden robe? And, and I, yeah. I don't, I mean this, the change there. And I'm okay with that. If you, if you kind of explain it, but there's no explanation, explanation for anything. Like, I don't know who this dude is and why he feels like getting shined up, uh, you know, in his, yeah. When he's when he's not a big hologram or whatever, but, yep. But you know who who are Ray's parents? I don't right, know. You, exactly where I was going. You built up Ray's parents this whole time. Two years. I find out they were nobodies. Yep. Don't know. And honestly, I kind of like that. Like as far as like actual story po- point, and were they somebody? Like I kind of like. I'm okay with them being nobodies, but you know. Uh, oh, I saw it in an off-screen vision, and you're gonna have to take my word for it. And is he lying? Yeah, I, uh, maybe. I don't. But we're not gonna give you any reason to believe that. So, you know, the the, the but my problem with it is the fact that you teased it for two flipping years. You, you why did we spend so much time on it in the first place? Yeah, exactly. Snoke and Ray, you dangled out there, and this was the core of the bait. Like, come find answers. We're, we're telling you, uh, these things are what you want to learn the next time you sit down in the theater. Yeah. You know, like we're telling you, this is what you want to, you, you're not going to be able to wait until you find out what this is. (laughs) And it was just like, what they gave. Screw you. Yeah. Yeah. And I honestly, I don't really like that. The force isn't like a lineage thing. I kind of like that. I liked you had to be born with the force because your parents had it or a relative had it. I don't yeah. like that. It just, anybody can have the force that can, that changes everything for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then the other, the, the other thing is like you just said, do you trust, do you trust what uh, Kylo Ren says? How, does he know? Does he really know if, if I, her parents are nobodies? And I, I do until the very end when the kid the farm boy just uh-huh. reached out and like force made the broom come to him. And then I was like, Oh, he was serious about the yeah. parents for nobodies. <laughs> uh-huh, Cause probably. this farm boys. Has force. Probably so. Yeah. I, th- I think that's what you got to take from that last little scene too. And I hated that little scene. 
I think I think the last scene was also to show that you know th- there's not just Ray's not the only Jedi left now that Luke right. is pissed on. There's and it's up to her now. Mm-hmm. It's going to maybe be up to her to help train the new the future of the new Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing the thing with uh, Snoke and an, and an, I'll probably be proven wrong in two years, but I don't know that he's dead for good because you look at, look. Did you see his face? His head? He'd already been sliced in half four or five times already. They put him back together. If it's really this Darth Plagueis that everybody said it was, then he's he's the one that conquered death. Remember? Okay, but let's say they let's say they don't, and that's it, and that's the last you ever see of him, and you never know what his deal was. Is that going to make you mad? Like you're you're kind of feeling like it would make sense to bring him back. What if they don't? Does that annoy you? It depends on how they wrap out wrap up number nine. If they do it in a resounding fashion, I mean, you know, <laughs> like when, you're so ha- when, you're so satisfied with it, even if it doesn't have anything yeah. to do with him. That, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, and it's a it's it's one of those it's a yeah. it's a redirection that you know. Do we really need? I don't know why. I mean, it doesn't right now. It doesn't seem like it, and probably won't seem like it regardless of what they do. Because why would you? You know, why would you introduce... I mean, this this isn't Darth Maul. It's not an apprentice. It's the master. So right. why do we bring him in if you're only just going to, you know, have him show up and you finally see him in the flesh and then he, he's gone? So why do you do that unless there's something else out there? The the other thing, and which is highly, highly possible, is they don't know what they're doing with these movies. That's mm-hmm. probably the big thing. Cause if you look at both of the movies, um, force awakens is a t- it's, I mean, it's basically new hope last Jedi. There's some, there's some things that he's trying to do differently to make it not seem like an ordinary star Wars movie, but they're scrambling. I mean, mm-hmm. they've got the, everybody, everybody from the original trilogy is now gone except Chewbacca and the droids. Uh, you can bring, you know, you can bring Luke back as a ghost and, you know, you're going to have to figure out something with Leia. Um, yeah. But really, what are, what are they doing? I don't think they know what they're doing. <laughs> and I, really I, I don't either. Let's talk about Luke a minute. I hate everything about Luke in this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, hey. I'm with... Like I, I don't see eye to eye a lot with Mark Hamill, but I'm I, I get where he's coming from with not liking what they did with Luke at all. Me too. Yeah, they gave him nothing. I hate his weird hermit life on the. <laughs> yeah. I didn't need to see look that thing. Yeah. And <laughs> and it and it look at Ray and give her this look like, are you seeing this? Like, are you? <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, what the heck? Like, it was kind of cool that he was there by himself. I didn't want to see weird fish nuns taking care of him. <laughs> that was done. That ruined everything for me. Oh man, they were, oh, that was awful. Yeah, he really did. And like he, you know, they keep saying it and saying it and hammering. You got to kill the old. Well, obviously, that's what he's doing. Like he's killing right. everything about everything you know that we grew yeah. up with, and he did a fantastic job of it. But yeah. I just I don't feel like it's again it's honest with with your writing. I don't feel like the character that I knew from those first three movies would ever behave in this way. He, I mean, that kid was full of hope, 
and is always going to feel like he's got a chance and is going to feel like he's got a responsibility. And if he screws something up, then it, it, the first thing he's going to do is try to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, unless, unless they listen, what if they, you know, let's, let's face it. They're, they're not going to stop making star Wars movies because we're giving them grief, right? They're going to keep making them and they're going to make this trilogy and they're, and Ryan Johnson's going to make his own unnamed trilogy. They'll probably make a episode, what, uh, 10 through, uh, 12. Um, who's to say they don't go back, um, and do, and, and do a fill in movie with what happened between Luke and Kylo when they're, when he's trying to train these new Jedi after, um, between, you know, uh, six and seven, who, who says they're not going to do that? I don't know. It might, but that still doesn't explain why he's so awful in this. Like, there's nothing they can do to explain why he's, he is like, he's the worst. worst, He's the worst teacher of all time. (laughs) Yeah. The worst. Yeah. And by the way, he has three lessons Ray. Yeah. First lesson, the force is everywhere. Second lesson, put your hand on these rocks. <laughs> what was the third lesson? Because we never heard or saw it. Yeah. And it's f- fine, you know, like, he, yeah, he doesn't teach her anything, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter because she gets a lot stronger anyway. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, have three lessons to show you. I'm only going to show you two of them. One of them you already know. <laughs> And you didn't you didn't need to hear any of it anyway, because you're just a BA when you get done with this anyway, and you're you're gonna figure it out all on your own and, and all everything you've been taught of like needing to be uh trained is out the window. Yeah. And then come and help us. You're you're the symbol of hope. Come and help us. Nope. <laughs> right. I'm just gonna sit here with my fish nun, my milk cows. <laughs> I really the the look from the sea cow creature is really going to haunt my nightmares forever. <laughs> that whole stuff, with that, all that stuff was bad. Oh, man. Also, Poe, Finn, and Rose were absolutely useless in this movie. Yeah, listen, The Force Awakens gives you three uh, lead characters that are interesting and that people liked. Yeah. This movie knows what to do with one of them and zilch of a clue as to what to do with the others. Yeah. And and then creates a fourth who's, you know. Who's the worst? <laughs> who's Jar Jar Binks of this series? <laughs> Has nothing to do with anything. Like, those, like, Poe and Finn are just screw-ups, and I hate everything that they did with them. Yeah. And, and you could cut Finn's storyline completely mm-hmm. and, and you wouldn't the movie the plot would not miss him a lick like there, there there's no reason you could cut cut every second of Finn and it would not change this movie that's pathetic yeah it was, he was useless him and Rose were useless and then instead of just telling Poe what the plan was from the beginning yeah. they just let him run around like a maniac <laughs> right. and awful ideas <laughs> yeah he's terrible like he's this yeah. movie he's the worst rebel that ever was he gets all right oops we got cut off there uh but we're rolling yeah, so it. We're gonna try to go back. 
<laughs> rehash some of the stuff that you all missed, but it was, I'm telling you, it was straight fire. <laughs> it really was. You all missed about 30 minutes of uh, unadulterated. And, and, and Todd trying to, trying to take up for the movie and us not hearing it. Uh, so, yeah, I think when it cut off, I was talking about that, that Poe Dameron's the worst rebel ever and he gets everybody killed. And so uh, on that note, I want to talk about the theme of this movie real quick. And, Friend of the show, Zach Hubbard, uh, he he was telling me that he sees the theme of the movie as get knocked down seven times, get up eight, basically. And that, that everything they run into, you know, they, they just got to keep going and never give up. And I'm sorry if I'm misstating that, uh, <laughs> Zach, but I, I didn't... I didn't get that at all. And, and to be fair, he's seen it more than once, and I've only seen it the one time. But all I kept getting was, don't be a hero a, as a theme. Mm. And and one man can't make a difference. And, you know, run away, stay alive. And, you know, uh, throw away your belief system. Like, I feel like it just keeps hitting you on the head with that stuff. Like, you know, is this the first movie the 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 question that it left me with after i was thinking about this today was is this the first adventure movie ever made that says obeying authority is what you need to do yeah unabashedly right not yeah not just not just obey authority because poe goes you know goes into business for himself uh you know goes out on his own at the beginning of the movie and kills half the rebellion and does it doesn't learn his lesson does it again uh by sending finn out on his mission and that gets the other half killed basically he kills almost single-handedly the entire rebel alliance and just an absolute <laughs> lunatic we and it tells us that he should have listened to leia and purple-haired admiral lady but not just that, like her whole purpose was to be there and keep secrets from him. And so not like listening to authority, obeying authority is not, not just that is what you needed to do, but you needed to do it without questioning authority. That just blows my mind. I'm kind of with you on that. Like I get that a lot too. And, and in fairness, I've only seen it once, but I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, a lot more than I see the, if you get knocked down, get back up because I, that's it, exactly what the repeating theme was. If you do what you're like, if you do what the authority says, you're fine. If you go out on your own, then bad things are going to happen. Yeah. And in the first three movies, it's always, you know, the, the rebel, the rogue, the, the, right. you know, the, the Han Solo, of the group is going to save the day. Even if, even if he has to do it on his own or, or these three people you know can save everybody and and like the belief in the power of one uh, or you know a small group and like you know it's kind of self-empowerment but no you need to you need to stick with what you know whatever the whatever the government says <laughs> basically right. like they they know what they're doing and don't ask yeah. why uh, hey look he was trimming the fat okay <laughs> he did, the he people did a lot that, of that. the people that got blown to vapor deserved it so that, uh, Alan, after I said all that, you brought up a good point of what... Yeah, to... I, I just... Like Todd was saying that he, he liked that they were trying to do something different, and I, I think a lot of them, what they were trying to do different was just to do something different for the sake of doing it. But the one thing I think that they could have done 
that was different than all the other Star Wars movies that would have completely worked and for me would have completely saved this movie was if they had left after the, the throne room scene made this movie for me. Like it's worth seeing for that scene mm-hmm. and the chemistry between Kylo and Ray. Why didn't they leave Kylo and Ray together until the end of the movie? Because that's like, uncharted territory. Like that, right. truly, we have no idea where they're going to go with that. Exactly, and and Ray is is mostly good, but she's got a little bit of that hate in her. And Kylo has mostly got the hate, but he's but Ray brings out a little bit of goodness in him. And they could have yin and yanged off each other. They could have completely balanced the scale for each other, and and decided we're going to do this thing together, and we're we're going to help each other through this. I'm going to get you closer to me you're going to get me closer to you and then we're going to figure this out we're going to start our own order mm-hmm. and left the movie that way yeah because we, we in the closing right we've always had light versus dark and empire versus right. rebels if those two split off on their own and, and they're and they're dealing with their conflict and an inner conflict on both of them and like i would have no idea where they're going with that and and what's going to happen awesome. yep and, and yeah, imagine that, thinking about that for two years. And they're by far the best portion of what this trilogy has going right now. So, you know, you maximize that also. Uh, <laughs> so yep. I'm with you. I think you've killed every interesting character except for Kylo Ren, in my opinion. And Ray was is semi-interesting, but her backstory sucks now. <laughs> so she, she became a lot less interesting when we found out her parents were nobody. Um, but Kylo's, Kylo is the part that you go back to watch for he's the only character you care about anymore in my opinion and that's the only part i'll disagree with you on is i'm okay with her parents being nobody and that's interesting to me like i I liked that but i didn't like the fact that they they did that after having dangled who are her parents gonna be for two years yep and i don't honestly i don't think i think we're getting uh led astray i don't think that it's gonna be Oh yeah, she's just her parents are nobody. I think there's going to be some tie in there, and maybe I'm wrong. Todd's got a lot of faith in both Snoke and like uh, that. He's still going to get payoff on on Snoke and Ray's parents, and I I don't know. Well, if if they don't if they don't pay off on them, how's this going to wrap up? You've got basically two and a half hours more to wrap this whole arc up. Mm -hmm. How are you going to do it? And you have a there. You could be right, Todd. But if you are, I think it's because JJ's taken back over. So if he had, if he wanted to wrap those up and put a bow on that stuff, now he gets to. I feel like if Ryan had stayed in charge for the next movie, I don't feel like you would. I feel like you know. I don't feel like you would have ever gotten those answers. And, and like he did answer them in this one in his mind, and and that's how it would have ended. But the fact that it's flopping back over to JJ, you could, it's possible. Yeah, because I mean, the thing with every with with all of these trilogies, they need to have it needs to be resolved. You know, the Empire or the First Order is still going to be around after Episode Nine, probably, uh, because what's going to drive it otherwise? So they're going to still be around, and they're probably still going to be in a. They're probably going to be in a position of power. Um, so you have to have that, but you still like like in Return of the Jedi. You know, they defeat. Uh, they get rid of the Emperor. They get rid of Darth Vader. They get rid of the Second Death Star, and there's there's the hope you know the hope that okay well we've done all this and there is no emperor now so we can start you know rebuilding the new republic uh 
So what are they going to do in episode nine? That Because, I mean, you know, the Republic, the new Republic that uh, was created after uh, Return of the Jedi was destroyed in Force Awakens by a Starkiller base. Mm. So what what do you do now? Okay, if really, if the Rebellion consists of 18 people now, uh, other than the ones that are in the outlying systems, uh, according to Purple Hair, uh, I mean, you know... What are you going to do? What I mean, I think what they're trying to say with the fact that this is the last of the rebellion is on this is this freighter, you know, the I think they're trying to say, OK, our backs are against the wall. And that but because of that, that makes us stronger. That makes us more dangerous because we have fewer numbers. We're going to have to recruit. We're going to have to start training Jedi. And that's what that's what the next movie's got to be about. I mean. I think because you've got to you've got to be able to build up your force to be able to take on Kylo and you know and the rest of the first order because you have there's got to be the ultimate battle scene at the end of nine and you've got to have a moral victory if nothing else mm, and that sounds fun hope yep. yeah. hope we get an hour of training kids training little slave <laughs> kids and stuff like you got to skip all that right like it. it to to make that work to fit it all in a a third movie you got to jump yeah. forward and like have a bunch of little jedis you know that maybe you're already teenagers or something right yeah you're going to have i mean i think you have to jump forward a few years in the storyline mm-hmm. to make it work um because you've got to i mean you've got you know the fact that like we said you know last jedi starts up immediately after force awakens it's never happened before in the Star Wars movies. Um, you know, the four, five, and six were probably separated, what, by maybe a few months, maybe six months at the most between, you know, four to five and five to six. So, you know, what do you, what do you, I mean, I think you've got to have a few years that have passed. So we've had time to build up, you know, you, you have time to build up the rebellion again, the resistance, whatever. And and you've had and Ray's had time to train Jedi or new Jedi are coming into the fold. So well, anyway, yeah, you all missed about thirty minutes of blazing hot takes that would have catapulted us to the top of the podcast charts. And oh well, iTunes on fire. <laughs> oh well, I, I I'm going to say this. I I don't know if this is controversial or not, but I think the Han Solo movie is going to be better than Episode Nine. Well, I read something that said it's a piece of crap. <laughs> well, last kid, I was a piece of crap, and I don't think they can save it. So, well, I, well, Solo I mean, is going to be better. They're, they're. I mean, they're. I've, I've heard, I've heard tell out of school here uh, <laughs> it, that uh, <laughs> it all rests on that kid's shoulders. To me, right? I mean, if well, he, if he works. Saying, I've just read where they said he is horrible. Oh, it's, it's doomed then. I mean, Which, and yet you can't have him. I mean, especially if you kept him, mm-hmm. and then Ron Howard goes back and shoots seventy percent of the movie. Yeah, and you're keeping the May release date, and it's and it's uh, it's January whatever it is, January tenth, and you haven't put out a trailer yet. It, to I mean, me, it was ridiculous from the get go to yeah. to try to recast Han Solo. You you can't touch Harrison Ford and and hope for anybody to come close to that charisma you know that he had in his prime 
Yeah. Uh, it's just nuts to even consider doing that to me. It was a tall order. And from what everybody's saying, they're just saying that uh, what I've read is that he's just, man, he's just not. He just yeah. doesn't have the acting chops to pull this off. And I'm like, well, who cast him? <laughs> yeah. You know, Kathleen Kennedy, you're telling me she didn't have yeah. something to do with it? That's what I'm talking about as far as the whole, the universe as a whole. Do they know what they're doing with this property? Mm. I mean, as much as I didn't like one, two, and three, George at least had a plan yeah. of what he of what the Star Wars universe was about. Now, was it the right plan? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. But but you know, I, I think I, at least he had original ideas. They were some of them were really bad original ideas. But I mean, you're talking about the people that are handling Lucasfilm now. They're just you know they're going on what was what came before them, what he created, what he what, you know his creativity and in characters and stories. They're just handling that now. So the 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 genesis of all that came with George, uh, and now Kathleen Kennedy's in charge of it all. Her time, yeah. our time has passed. That's right. Uh, that's right. What do you do? Who, who do you? Who, what do you do? Guys, I think that's an episode. Uh, I think we should uh, put a bow on this one and put it in the books. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna talk about some Encino Man real quick uh, on another podcast, and uh, I think that's a wrap. So. For Scott Stafford, for Todd Sheen, this is Alan Mon- Mar. <laughs> Let me do that again. For Scott Stafford and Todd Sheen, this is Alan Martin reminding you to walk softly and talk hard. Well, I hope you come to see me in the movie. And I know that you will plainly see. Biggest fool that's ever hit the big time. And all I gotta do is act naturally. I messed my own name up. <laughs> that never happens. <laughs>